Hello, and welcome back to the Fire in the Form of Flint podcast. I am your host, Jay Ashdown, alongside Mark Ashdown. Hello, everybody. Sadly, we are one week away from the season finale of Survivor Winners at War. I'm ready to cry. <laughs> Me too, because it's been helping us through this pandemic and everything. Uh, last week, we had a two-hour episode, which, I'm not going to lie, was kind of a dud. Kind of a dud? Yeah. You gave me enough time at the end <laughs> to set up the challenge for the Edge of Extinction to come back, and you decided to give me highlights. Yeah, you gave you us gave a preview. Highlights. That's all I'm saying. Too much needs to happen in this final episode. I really wish they would have paced that better. Yeah, because it feels like it's just going to be completely rushed. It's going to be you go from a challenge to a tribal, from a challenge to a tribal, and then you're going to go to the final, and you're going to see a fire-making challenge, and then you're going to have your fire... You know, your your final tribal, and then you're going to have your, your Zoom meeting, it feels like, at the end. I don't see how it... Well, hopefully they're not using Zoom. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. Hopefully they can do something. Maybe not in front of, like, a live studio audience or anything like that, but just some kind of meeting would be nice for the players. But Absolutely. I'm not totally certain that we're going to see that. But the, the start of this two-hour episode really begins with everybody coming back from Tribal. The first thing that happens is Jeremy gives the 50-50 coin back to Michelle. That was his right move. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't his. Right. He did not play it. He had every right to give it back. And that's perfectly Jeremy. You know, I don't know about any other player in that situation, but there was no doubt in my mind that he was going to give it back, especially the relationship that those two have together. Yeah, they formed a great relationship this year. Very surprising, you know, and... Uh, right. Uh she, Michelle does not have a lot of friends, unfortunately. We'll get we'll get into her <laughs> gameplay later on. Yeah, for sure. Because I have some notes about Michelle. Because I like Michelle. I like Michelle as well. She is one of those. Sometimes when you watch episodes, especially in reality TV, you don't know who is going to come out as somebody that you just absolutely love. Michelle, this season, I absolutely love you. Yeah, it's it's really her and Sophie who have been those two that have stepped up into that role. Correct, and I, I would love to see the two of them play again. Hopefully they have an opportunity. Yeah. Hopefully if they're asked, they come back to play. So one player that we were genuinely excited to see play again that's been, I would say, an absolute dud, Denise, feels like she's just completely given up. Absolutely. I, I, I don't understand that either. It's like, you know, after last week, um, she comes back and it's just like, I know I'm going to go. And I want my belly full. What the hell is that? Yeah. I'm going to give up all six of my fire tokens to buy more rice for you guys. Just so I can have, like, what, like an extra scoop or two tonight? It just... I didn't under I didn't understand it. I don't know. You know, obviously, we don't know the mental tolls that they go through in your body. You're being deprived of food. You're being deprived of sleep. Right. Everybody functions differently. And maybe on this time, it was just she kind of had enough. And this was her way of saying, hey... I think I'm going home, but she didn't fight, you know. Um, she, you know, she should have been going to Tony and and saying why she was more viable to take to the end than Sarah. But those conversations did not happen. Exactly, and, and that was really surprising, especially just from what we saw Denise the first time she played in Survivor Philippines. She was a warrior. She was a warrior. And challenge-wise, I felt like her last challenge that she won was handed to her anyhow. So the fact that she stated, oh, I won two challenges, you were kind of gifted one of those challenges. Yeah. 
Well, both of those challenges, too, were also final woman and final man. It's not even like she outlasted everybody. She just Correct. had to outlast all the women. Right. So, I, I wasn't... I get, we'll get into this later, because we're doing grades on every single player who's playing this season, but Denise, love you. This season, though, not a fan. Not, not a fan. So, that, that leads into the next conversation about Nick. Yeah. And, and Nick, you know, everybody's talking about, well, we got to get rid of Nick solely for the fact that he is so good at the puzzle portion of the challenges. You know, f- physically, I wouldn't say he's one of the more gifted players on this season, but he can hold his own. And when he gets to the puzzle part of a challenge, that's where he t- seems to excel. And he was the one person that... They did not want to win immunity, and his edit on that and that on that challenge was amazing because it was like we were sitting there watching it and just knowing that he was probably going to win because yeah. they really did not feature him until the very end when he he came through and uh, he wins the immunity. Anytime Survivor shows players plotting, we got to get this person voted out before the challenge. If there's any. Odds. If if you ever want to make a bet with Vegas, put some money down that the person they're talking about voting out is probably going to win the challenge. Correct. Because they typically don't show players talking about who we get out next until after the challenge. The only time they show before is when that player wins. That's right. And maybe they do this all the time, but that's just the edits that we get out of it. So, anyhow, with uh, Nick being safe, and of course Ben has the idol, that doesn't leave us too many opportunities. Who's going to go home in this episode? It's got to be Jeremy. Unfortunately, Jeremy was my guy. Um, he was one of the two players that yeah. I drafted. Um, he was my sole survivor. Always will be my sole survivor. So, Jeremy, if you ever hear this, <laughs> please understand that you are on my all-time top three. I Everybody loves Jeremy. Great guy. Great player. He, he's made the merge in every season that he's played in. Yes. You know, all three of them. Uh, but... He's just found himself on the outside of the numbers, and he's been dragged along as as a voting tool for Tony. And unfortunately for him to solidify his alliance, trying to keep Ben on his side, knowing that Ben has an idol, I think that kind of, kind of threw a monkey wrench in it. Because if Ben did not have an idol, I feel like Tony would be more comfortable with getting rid of Ben and keeping Jeremy on his side. Right. But alas, Ben has the idol. And Jeremy, you're on the chopping block. And Ben decides to, you know, try to mix things up a little bit, cause a little dissension between really the only person that's really playing with Jeremy is Michelle. Michelle. And uh, the two of them are not having any of it. So it's like this just leads back into uh, Ben's poor gameplay. But yeah. uh, again, we'll do that in the grades. <laughs> so, um, you know. He's trying to convince Michelle, hey, watch, she's going to ask you for that coin. And, and like, it's like, well, maybe it's because Ben asked Jeremy to ask for the coin. <laughs> correct. So anyhow, that leads us into Michelle, that she played her coin in the 50-50. Yeah. And it lands safe. So, of course, Michelle's votes don't count. And what did they do? They had split the votes. Mm-hmm. Just in case of a hidden idol. Exactly. Unfortunately, she didn't need to play it. Votes went 3-2-2 two, two for Jeremy, with Ben getting the other two votes. Jeremy became the 15th person voted out of Survivor Winners at War, 
and Michelle got Jeremy's two fire tokens because of the relationship that they developed with each other. Um, there was nobody else that was going to get those fire tokens. Right, exactly. The other thing that for, for Michelle, she could have played the, the 50-50 coin for Jeremy. It would have kept Jeremy alive. The problem is, is on the revote, they're not going to keep uh, Michelle in the game. No. Not at all. Uh, unless Tony looked at Sarah and was like, well, hey, Ben's, Ben's vulnerable. He's got the idol. I highly doubt that that was going to happen because that I don't feel like that would have benefited Tony. Right. I just felt like if that if that circumstance were to run out, that means Michelle goes home. So that was kind of a lose lose for, for a lot a lot of Survivor fans because a lot of them love Michelle and a lot of them love Jeremy. And again, they just they just played on unfortunately the wrong side of the numbers and. Uh... <laughs> You've got you've got this power team of Sarah and Tony, and it's it's there's feels nobody like, that's going to break them up. Feels like a, it's one sided in the power too, uh, but we'll get into that later as we, we will absolutely continue to say. <laughs> Tony and Ben agree after tribal again. Nick needs to go next because again he's a threat and challenges with puzzles in them. We couldn't get him out because he just won immunity. If he doesn't win immunity, we need to get him out. But. This is interesting because at this point, too, Tony was also approached about getting um, Ben out because of his fire making. So you don't want to have him right. taken to the end because of that. And it was like for a second there, I seriously thought that even though Ben had an idol in his pocket, that they were going to make that move and get him out of the game. Um, he still does need to get out of the game. Uh, we'll remain to see what, uh, when that happens. So... Now we're going to go to the Edge of Extinction. Now, it should be noted that I personally hate the Edge of Extinction because it's an incredibly flawed system. But it also should be noted that the best content this season has come from the Edge of Extinction. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because you've got Tyson, you've had Rob there, you've had Parvati there. But most importantly, you had Natalie there. Natalie. Natalie, unfortunately, was the first person voted out of this game, but she has been a total beast on the edge of extinction. I joked with Kayla last week that it feels like the edge of extinction, which is brutal on just about everybody who goes there. They talk about how much it sucks, how awful it is, how they hate it. Jeremy was there for a night, and they... they had like the camera really close to his face because they do that on the edge of extinction for some reason, and he was like, "God, this place sucks." And it feels like to me that the edge of extinction has been a minor inconvenience to Natalie. Minor, <laughs> a Abs- minor inconvenience Abs- to Natalie. Abs- absolutely. So Natalie wins the final quote-unquote challenge, I guess you could call it, by getting a disadvantage in the next challenge. Uh, she sells it. To Nick for eight fire tokens. And how many tokens did Nick have? He had six. So he had to go to... Michelle. To get her two that she had just gotten <laughs> from Jeremy. Although, for some reason, she had another one that I lost count of. Because it said she had three, and I don't know where she still had one. Yeah, I wasn't totally sure on that either. I think but, she, she got it... I think I believe she got it from Kim. Possibly. Oh, possibly. Because she gave one to each of the women. That's, that's right. She did. Kim gave one to each of the women. So... So she uh, she was Nick's savior on this. Otherwise, he would not have been able to do that because he would not have gotten tokens from anybody else. <laughs> What's hysterical, though, is 
she was really Nick's savior, and we're going to find out why. Right. Because he plays it on Ben, which is smart, because Ben did well in the challenge. Oh. He was right there at the end. And he had 30% more work uh, to do. More work to do, yes. So Ben was fantastic on that challenge. But because of the delay in Ben's ability to finish that challenge, who won? Michelle won. Right. <laughs> so he plays that. So Michelle helps him buy an advantage in a challenge that she won. This is true. So, so her two tokens were quite uh, valuable for her. Because she got two back after winning the challenge, too. But obviously, Michelle needed that. That would, you know, if, if it was, if she did not win that challenge, she was going home and she knew it. And, and that all really started because she was on the bottom with Nick. So even though Nick was the threat, she kind of put herself out there because she went directly to Sarah and said, if you're not in, you're on the outs. I'm on the outs right now. And Sarah's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. And then she's like, that was the, by the way, that was the weakest convincing story of you're not on the outs. It was like she was irritated with her through the whole conversation. Yeah. And it was like everybody could see it. The only person that couldn't see it was Sarah. And then another thing that Sarah can't seem to understand or see, Michelle tells her, you can't beat Tony. Nobody is going to beat Tony. Anybody who goes to the jury is telling them who runs the show. Sarah says, well, who knows who's running the show? Perception's reality. This is correct. That's how Survivor has always been. Yes. And again, that whole talking point, you, you get it um, voted out, you're definitely telling everybody else what happened from the time they left to the time that they got there to the edge and who is running the show. Everybody seems to know who's running the show except for Sarah. So with the, the eight tokens they put in, that goes to Natalie. Natalie now has... 14 fire tokens on the edge. She's a billionaire on the edge of extinction. She's definitely a billionaire, which she will play them next week. She gets three advantages in the final challenge to get back into the game. And she buys two idols and a jar of peanut butter. And, you know, great great (laughs) moment, though, again, because what does she do? Who does she share the peanut butter with? Only one person. And she also shares one of the two idols with Tyson. Tyson. So she gave some peanut butter an idol and he is overwhelmed by the generosity of he's never played in the times that he's been on survivor he says i've never experienced the generosity that i've gotten from natalie exactly they'll be tight the rest of their lives I'm just, I guess oh I'm for saying. sure for sure and tyson's been fantastic on this season for many reasons one because you know he, he wins the challenge gets back in the game he's always been a challenge beast You've got the funny moments with Tyson. You know, he's one of the f- funnier people that's ever played Survivor. You, you've got the family visit. But we've also seen a little bit of emotion from Tyson that I don't think we've ever seen before. As far as the previous three seasons that he's played. Correct. I think you've seen, yes, he's been more vulnerable in this season to Survivor. And I like that from Tyson because it just shows you who he really is as a person. I think we get a really good opportunity to see just how these people really are on a season like this where you come in with pre-existing relationships. Absolutely. So they do the challenge. It's the, the domino thing. Michelle wins it. She gets immunity, two fire tokens. And when they get back from the challenge, that's when Denise 
spends all of her tokens on the rice and the anticipation of being voted out she wants to leave with food in her stomach but to the surprise of nobody and and adam said this on the jury denise was a ploy the entire time right the only one who couldn't seem to understand that was nick yeah nick (laughs) and the target was nick so he gets voted out four to two and uses all of his tokens to buy an advantage that, unfortunately, he, Michelle won the challenge. <laughs> exactly. He got an advantage that he saved up all of his fire tokens for, and it was ultimately what got him voted out of the game. I actually felt bad for him. He's not been one of my favorite winners. Him and Adam, have for both seasons, they just were not, to me, strong winners. Um, and only because they've won more recently in history, you tend to remember the ones that you... That one that you didn't feel really deserved to win but the the game that he played i felt was honorable he tried to stay in it um he tried to make his alliances it just it wasn't going to work for him yeah this time around no matter what and uh unfortunately there's nothing the numbers even at the end there even with him and michelle there was this you know i don't, I don't know what again this goes into denise denise's gameplay she just was not going to move and i was like she was on the bottom of the her alliance and I was like, she was not going to take that chance, which when we get into grades, there's only one person that I feel took a chance to take out Tony, mm-hmm. and she's getting a good grade over it. Yeah. So I kind of want to start with the players who are no longer in the game. Okay. And I peeked at your list, and I shouldn't have, but hilariously, you and I had the same grade for Amber. Oh, no, you do not. We both have eyes oh, for incomplete. <laughs> because she didn't get a chance. She didn't have a chance. She Absolutely. came into the game, and everybody is like, her last name's Mariana. We can't keep her around. She did not have a chance. It's funny, because she's the only <laughs> incomplete that I gave. That's great. Same. I, that, that's hysterical. I thought you would have appreciated that. Great, and here you are. You gave the same one. <laughs> no, it's true, though. So, But you know, going down your list, obviously... We have Natalie first on the list. Because I did this in order of who was voted out. Okay, and I think that that's fair because everything that I'm seeing and hearing, it looks like Natalie's coming back into the game. But for me, hands down, she gets an A. By the way, I don't give pluses or minuses. You get a letter grade. So A is the best grade you can get. F is the worst grade you can get. Natalie, you get an A. So I gave her a B minus. Okay. Which may surprise some people. The reason is, though, is I can't really reward in the form of an A for someone who was voted out first. She's been dominating on the edge of extinction, but I just, it's not fair to give someone who was voted out first an A because you got to survive at least one vote. I know I know that she was on the bottom, but this, this I, I said this earlier, this also goes into the flaw with the edge of extinction. It does go into it, but then bringing in why I gave her an A, though, is because of the total perseverance. I mean, you know, Sandra goes there and says, this is not for me. I'm out of here today. She's been there since, really, day three. I don't felt, feel that her vote was her fault. It was just she was going to go because of Jeremy and her alliance. Right. Prior. And she's a threat. Challenges. I mean, we see but everybody. everything she has done since she's been on the edge, she's flipping got 14 tokens. <laughs> That's why she's got an A. And then I, I guess maybe... A little foreshadowing about if she gets back into the game and she makes it into the finals or whatever. Maybe I'm thinking about all that potential for her, but that's what I—that's where I'm at with her A. So, we said earlier, we both gave Amber an I, which oh. is incredible, I think. 
Uh, Only, again, she, she didn't have a chance to play. She's Rob's wife. They were going to knock her out as fast as they could, and they did quite early. Exactly. And she didn't have a chance to build any game whatsoever. Um, she's had some good moments on the edge. Yeah. And I think she probably bonded tight with uh, with Natalie. But, again, I can't give her a grade. She gets an incomplete, and it's not her fault. Danny. Danny. Danny I gave a C to. Um, we watched over the summer her season again because I forgot her season. And it was not it was my favorite season. It was a boring season. Very boring <laughs> season. But I felt, I felt her gameplay was just middle of the road. There was nothing that she did to really stand out about it. Um, could be more seen as a challenge beast, but... I don't know. It's like if you say look back on the season and you talk about players, you're going to remember Tony's play and you're going to remember Natalie's play. Danny's play? It's just, it's not It's not bad. It's just, it's there. It's just a C. Yeah. I gave her a D minus. Okay. I'm kind of brutal with my grades. The reason I gave her a D minus is because she was the third person voted out and she was voted out because she was freaking out about Rob and everybody. Day one, she says, Got to get out, Rob. Got to get out, Rob. And Rob goes up to her and says, were you saying that about me? To her credit, she said yes. And then they became allies because of it. Right. But then people weren't talking to her for like 30 minutes, and she started freaking out, and eventually basically got herself voted off because she wasn't going to be the one who was going to go. So I, part of it is, to me, just the flaws of some of the old school players. They, they struggle with the new school strategy. And how the game is played. I think this is just the best case of of, of that. You know, we, we saw her freak out because people weren't talking. She, she wouldn't have done that on her season. Right. But because this is the, the way that Survivor's played now, she couldn't adjust. So, maybe harsh, but I gave her a D-. minus. <laughs> okay. All right. How about Ethan? I gave him a D+. Plus. Um, I felt his vote-off wasn't necessarily his fault. But from him is another another point of, of an old school player that just he wasn't he wasn't bad at the social game or anything like that, but didn't stand out at all. And it stinks because I like Ethan a lot. Oh, I absolutely love him, and you know personally he's persevered a lot. But again, he kind of falls into the same Danny. Uh, he gets to see as well. Um, nothing memorable about him. Um, the only thing I could say that was memorable about him was, was his um, challenge on the edge. Right. And that was one of probably the best moments in Survivor history. So because of that, he's getting a C. Okay, that's fair. Tyson. Tyson. I have B, parentheses, sorry, dude. <laughs> because I, I've had my ups and downs with Tyson, and I really, really loved him this season. And it's like his gameplay, getting back into the game, and it's like he just never had the numbers. Yeah. Um, and that's why he gets a sorry dude, because I would have liked to still seen him there. There's a lot of people. I feel he's more deserving to be in the game than Ben is at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why he's a B. I gave him a C, just a simple C. Okay. Because uh, he's provided us with great content. He's hysterical. Uh, he won a challenge. But ultimately, uh, really not through no fault of his own, but he's never had numbers. And he's just struggled with trying to get numbers on his side. Correct. So, But he did have a point earlier when he got voted off. He told everybody, like, hey, they're voting out anybody who has a pre-existing alliance. So uh, we better put an end to that. He got voted out that night, and he was kind of right 
and what he said because that was the trend that was happening and we saw that continue. Yeah, it, it's exactly how it played out. He was smart enough to see it. So again, another reason why he gets a B. Boston Rob. You go first. Give him a C minus. Okay. Give him a C minus because Boston Rob has always been a player of we saw this in Marquesas, All Stars, Heroes versus Villains and Redemption Island. He needs to have control of everything. Correct. And that can work in old school Survivor, but it can't work in new school Survivor. And I felt like early on, he was doing a really, really good job. He, he was at a B for being able to avoid votes, not be the number one person in charge, not being the kingpin for everything. The problem is, is he dropped all the way down to a C minus the second that he thought in new school Survivor that the buddy system on steroids would be a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> that was bad. And that's also, I, I think that, for, for me, because I'm not really a fan of him, I think that his time has come and gone. And for that reason, he gets a C. And that, that whole thing that you just said playing out about the buddy system, it's like he does need to be in control. We're going back to camp. We're not talking. That's almost bully mentality. Yeah. <laughs> and it just doesn't fly in this game. So it's like, you know, he's had some good moments on the edge. He's a very good guy. I mean, personally, he's a good guy. Um, I think he's had more than enough times to play. <laughs> I think this is it. Unless he comes back someday to host the season, or he comes back in the capacity he did in the last season, him with Sandra, that was great. I wanted more of them, actually, because they weren't playing the game. And we were getting great great observations, great comments from both of them. You know, And, and we neither, had some funny moments, too. We did. And neither one of them really used those moments in their game. Yeah, they really didn't. So, okay. Poverty. Uh, gave Parv a B minus. Oh, there you go. A little bit higher. Uh, the reason I gave Parv a B minus is because I felt that she did a very good job of keeping the numbers on her side for the most part. She did a good job of leading with people. It seemed like she's one of the few old school players that could play new school as far as how they relate to people, have conversations, and get numbers on their side. Really, the only thing that ended up screwing Parvati in the end was the tribe swap. Right. They went to, you know, the three tribes, and that was the only time she didn't have numbers on her side. And there's one player in particular who was the ultimate reason she went home, and that was Wendell. I didn't think that Parvati did anything wrong. No, not at all. I mean, they had they had an open and honest conversation with regards to about using tokens to buy votes. So yeah, she gets a B. And, and, and a lot of it is, is her gameplay, and I'm going to tell you that I would of anybody that's not in the game that's still in the game. If I if I could have one swap of a player, I would swap Pav out for Denise. I'd rather see her still in the game. I felt she's been because again Denise has had one play, and her 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 activities on the edge have been still in that whole gameplay. Yeah. You know. Um, yes. So because outside of Nat- Natalie's obviously been the one person who's been destroying the edge of extinction. And it is a pretty decent gap between her at number one and number two. But number two is Parvati. Yes. For sure. She's done a fantastic job on the edge. She just hasn't dominated it like Natalie has. Right. So now we're going to get to the queen. D. F. Okay. I figured this was going to be your F. F. She gets a D from me because she's played like how she always has. And then it got to a certain point where she was not playing very smart and I'm not, she's not getting a D because she went to the edge and said, this is not for me. She's smart enough to know that it wasn't yeah. for her and she walked away. I will never brand that woman a quitter. No, ever. because I, 
and, and even and Jeff's wouldn't brand her a quitter either. He said he completely understands it. Like that's not that's not Sandra. Right. And we've had some quitters through the history of Survivor that will never play the game because Colton. Correct. It's just for quitting twice or whatever. But anyhow, going back to Sandra, I can understand why you're giving her an F. I, I give her a little bit more latitude than that. Um, the reason I'm giving her an F is because she's a two-time winner. She should know better. She should know better. She got played. Sand- I love Sandra to death. I will say this. Most logical players in the situation that Denise was in probably wouldn't vote Sandra out. But still... Sandra is a player who has won Survivor twice by getting really just all she needs is one ally, one person that she could just trust everything, 100%. And then the mentality becomes anybody but me the entire time. She, she did that on Pearl Island. She did that in Heroes vs. Villains. She won twice because of it. And she took the power out of her hands and put it into somebody else's hands. Right. And a crucial vote. And it's just, the reason that I give her an F is because that is so unlike Sandra. I, I, I can see where you can easily get caught up into the game and everything. And uh, what she was hearing, I get Denise gets an A for the acting on that because she really had her believing, you know, that they were tight and everything. So, right. you know. But Sandra, fantastic player. She's the queen. Right. Two-time winner. Only two-time winner so far. Because so we, we haven't gotten another two-time winner yet. But she may be the only two-time female winner if yeah. we have a male winner. So. <laughs> well, it's looking like that's going to stay for her, which w- would mean that her uh, goal was ultimately achieved. Correct. I, I've, <laughs> heard, I've heard some rumors about that, that she wanted to knock all the women out so that way you would have a chance. So if somebody was going to win this, it was going to be a man, and that for she could still be the queen. All right, let's get into um, the, a couple the next couple players you have listed on here for me they're all kind of like you know like them except for adam but they're all the same <laughs> they're the, all the same grade for me so i'm just gonna go I'm, I'm packing these together and then you can go give your grades you'll window on adam all get c's they did certain things in their um in this in the season um that wouldn't give them a lower grade but none of them stood out to me at all they're all c's Take it away. So interesting. I believe this is the first time I've given someone a higher grade than you. I gave you a B. Okay. I gave you a B because I, I said earlier that Parvati is one of the few old school players that could play new school. I believe that the best old school player that could play new school is Yule. We just didn't get a chance to see him do it too much. He, he didn't get a chance to do it too much. And, and he wasn't in, involved too much as far as the game is concerned because... Didn't feel like we saw a ton of him, but I thought he played the game really smart. It's the same situation between Parvati and Yule. They both go to the same tribe, and it's like they're just outnumbered. Right. And you know, one tribe swap, and they're suddenly out of the game because of Wendell. And it stinks because I like both of them, and I thought that they played a fine game. You know, they didn't do anything wrong that you can pinpoint that got them voted out of the game, other than just being on the outside of the numbers. Absolutely. So that's why I give Yule a B. Um, Wendell, you're getting a D plus. Wendell. Wendell, Wendell, Wendell. I love you, Wendell, because Ghost Ghost Island was a fantastic season. I love that season. Even though I thought Dom should have won, I was okay with Wendell winning. 
He had my. I had Wendell, so I mean, I won the poll that that year. So, <laughs> so you were you were so, perfectly okay with Wendell. Winning. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm a Wendell. I'm in a team Wendell. I mean, definitely. I just I just feel that he didn't make some very good moves this year. He didn't. He didn't make some very good moves. I will say this about Wendell. The reason he's getting a D plus a little bit higher than I wanted to give him was because. He was a villain this season, and I felt that this season, with so many great personalities, so many loving people on this season, you know, we needed a villain, and we got one in Wendell, so thank you for that, Wendell, but in the process of doing it, I didn't think he did a very good job of it. (laughs) Not at all. I, I didn't think he had very good management of personalities. And he, even if he got deep into the game, he certainly wouldn't have done a good job with jury management. No, he well, he started off by not playing. I mean, obviously him and Michelle had a relationship outside of the game. They both played it, what, different seasons. And, yeah. Um, they totally misplayed that from the get-go. No matter how he personally feels, how they personally ended, just she was the bigger person this season than he was. Yeah, way bigger. And that's part of why... I've really grown to love Michelle as much as I have. Yes. Um, and then we get to Adam. I gave Adam a C minus. The reason I'm giving Adam a C minus is because Adam is annoying. Adam has a very, very weird kind of gameplay. But I can't really think of anybody in Survivor who's better at his gameplay than him. I guess. Because his gameplay is just, for some reason, he likes being on the bottom of the numbers. Mm-hmm. And it's just, for some reason, it's like, we gotta well, let's get Adam out. And then he evades Tribal Council. Okay, we need to get him out this one. And suddenly he's escaped that one. And then it happens again and again. It's like, oh, wait, Adam has been on the bottom for the last four Tribal Councils, and he is still in the game. Right. It's how he won Millennials vs. Gen X, and it's how he got as deep as he did in this season. I just feel the, the reason that he gets a lower grade than I would have wanted to have given him is because I didn't feel that he handled things well with Rob at the beginning of the season or with Ben, which caused a riff, which ultimately was his downfall. Right. But he did also provide us with arguably the funniest moment on this season with the Fleur de Lis. Yes. So. That was not an idol. That was still attached to the podium. He's still trying to get it off the podium, I Maybe. hear. <laughs> maybe, maybe when this is all over, uh, Jeff took it off and gave it to him as a token of his esteem. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right, so let's get to let's get to Miss Sophie. Yes, so I have a couple notes for uh, only a handful of players, but Sophie, you are getting a B in uh, parentheses. Sorry about that blindside. Right. Going home with an idol is never a good thing. But in, in watching how it played out, I wouldn't have told her to play it. I mean, it was like, it just, it was it was a very good blindside on their part. Um, I'd like to have seen if she was still in this game playing with Sarah. If, if she was still in this playing with Sarah, I think the dynamic between Sarah and Tony would be vastly different. Uh, if she was still in this game, I don't think Tony would be in this game. Possibly not, because she would have convinced Sarah to get rid of him. Yeah, exactly. Where nobody's really convincing Tony to get rid of Sarah. We'll talk about that later. Well, let's, let's let's play this out theoretically. Let's say she plays her idol. She blocks the votes, and Jeremy would have been the one who went home. Right. So Jeremy's now out of the game. Tony has just lost an ally, 
And so and really a shield at that point too for Tony. Because I mean Tony's always yeah. looking at shields. Mm-hmm. You know, Ben is a shield for Tony still. Mm-hmm. Jeremy definitely was a shield for Tony. And he would have had a one less shield there. Sophie would have looked at Sarah and been like, that was all Tony. She would have looked at Ben and been like, that was all Tony. Yep. He was a part of our alliance. She, Look at what he just did. We can't trust him. We've got the numbers. Let's take him out now. Yep. So, if Sophie were still in this game, Sophie would be the number one player in this game, and Tony would be gone. Absolutely. And for that reason, I give her an A- minus because I thought she was fantastic this season. Sometimes, and this happens in Survivor, this happens in sports, it's not your fault. Somebody just makes a better play. Right. And Tony did a brilliant job of not only orchestrating the blind side of Sophie, he did a fantastic job of waiting until the last possible minute so nobody could have stepped forward and said anything about it. Right. It wasn't like it was you know kept tight sealed for a day or two. Yep. It was tight sealed for about an hour right. before tribal. Yep. So to me, she played a brilliant game. She really solidified herself as a, as a great survivor player. It's just in this case, Tony just won that battle. Right. And that's all it is. So I give her an A minus. What what about Kim? Kim? Um, I have another note next to her. Love her. She gets a B. Um she is the only player that I feel wanted to make a move against Tony. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ultimately, she may end up giving Tony her vote, and I can see that. But her gameplay, she's out of the game, so I couldn't give her an A. Okay. But right, as far as sure. like, she wasn't memorable as a winner to me, but she was memorable to me in this season. And I just, one of those things we were talking about earlier about just getting attached to somebody. It was her. I heard Sophie. Yeah. Hands down. We were just talking about them back to back. But these are two players that won. I was like, man, I got to go back and watch their season because I just don't remember them. It's like, I will never forget them now. And Michelle, too. Those those three women right there, I think, are the top three of the players that have really come forward to me as players I really enjoy watching. Right. Uh, Kim gets a C plus. The reason she gets a C plus is for the reason you mentioned. One... She recognized Tony needs to go. She's the only player that did anything about it. I do have to, you know, take off some points to the fact that she couldn't get the job done. But the problem is that she's never had numbers on her side, right. which isn't her fault. So I would have wanted to have given her probably around a C. I'm giving her a C plus because she set the record for uh, immunity challenge wins for a woman in their survivor career. And, and it's that's quiet. impressive. It's yeah. very, but and, and she's not flashy. She's not a flashy player. So when they said that she had set that, I was like, really? Wow. And it's like, and you got to go back, obviously, to her season. But, I mean, you know, she would have been somebody in the game that would have to be reckoned with also. with. And, again, it's just like I could pop Denise out and put any of these women back in her place. And it's like, And you know, it's I would like, enjoy just about any of them, really. Right. So our guy. Jeremy. I want to give you an A, Jeremy, because I absolutely adore you. Same. I absolutely love you. An but A plus in our hearts. In our hearts. But as far as gameplay, and this again, it's circumstance. It's a B. I wanted it to be better than that, but it's just he just didn't have the alliances. And early on, I remember saying to you, maybe you even talked in a podcast, it's like everybody kind of comes to Jeremy and bounce things off. But 
the unfortunate thing was he had that advantage to leave. He had to leave. Mm-hmm. But it was his undoing. It was. Of it. it was. If he doesn't play that, he goes home that night. Right. He plays it, he goes home later on. He was playing on borrowed time, as Always. I said. Yes. Because that's just how it felt. I give him a B, too. A, a straight-up B, because I, I love how he plays the game. I have no problem with any of the moves he made. It's just one of those circumstantial things where he's still in this game if Ben doesn't have an idol. Right. Because I think that at some point... Tony was using Jeremy. He, he was thinking, we got to get rid of Jeremy. we got to get rid of Jeremy. And then he realized, I can use him as a vote. Jeremy realizes he's on the bottom. I'm going to continue to string him along. I think they developed a relationship to a point where Tony wanted to keep Jeremy around. He just couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. I actually think that he probably would have liked to have kept him in instead of Absolutely, that. for sure. But I think that he was worried about that. I think Tony was like playing the odds, and, and Ben having an idol in his pocket is... You can't play that one over the other one. He doesn't have an idol. He has an idol. If he plays that idol, my plane goes to crap, and I blow a vote. So Exactly. Yeah, so absolutely. So obviously I think that there's... And that's funny because you've got the dynamic between Tony and Jeremy, firefighter, policeman. Yeah. Kind of that rivalry kind of thing. But I still think that there's a a high mutual respect that each one has for the other. Absolutely. And I I think at this point Jeremy's got to understand that that was... Not a situation of Tony picking Ben over Jeremy, but it was, uh, I, I really don't have any other play. It's not worth the risk. And the other thing is, at this point in time, it's almost smarter for him just to keep Ben, because Ben's got no shot of winning this game. Oh, Jeremy, the social game was terrible. Jeremy doesn't deserve to win. If he gets to the end, he wouldn't deserve to win over Tony. But he's still a threat. Correct. You, you don't want to go up against Jeremy and... <laughs> The final tribal council. You yes. just don't want to do it. Right. People love Jeremy. So, um, I personally would have liked to see Natalie get back into the game and see what kind of dynamic they could have pulled. Because yeah, it flipped. Exactly. And know, unfortunately. There, but it's, didn't, it was not meant to be. We did not get to see those two really play together except for the first <laughs> tribal, which she got voted out, no, which an, stinks. I obviously did not get enough of them. So, so uh, last one for the players that were voted out is... Kentucky Nick Wilson. The funny thing with this is his vote got changed. His grade got changed as we were talking. I had him at a B. He went down to a C. Um, really? You had him at a B? I did because I felt that I felt wow. that his I felt his social game was there, but another person just not, um, not with the numbers at all. And it's like, and he went into this and was like, get Adam and him out as fast as you possibly can. I was putting votes on them every week for getting voted out. <laughs> and it just didn't happen. It didn't happen. So he lasted a lot, lot longer. And then I felt like this last episode, you know, I, I, I felt for him a little bit, you know, because it was like he was realizing that may, maybe some of the moves he made weren't the best. So it was a B for, for a hot minute. He's a C. He's a D for me. Okay. Uh, the only reason he's a D is because it the social game was there, but, man, he was a puppet the entire game. He was a puppet, and sometimes, and well, and what do you call those? And they end you up call them goats. Goats, because usually you want to bring a goat to the end. I, I personally would love to see three strong players go to the end and know that they're the, you know you're in an alliance and you're all strong and you all could possibly win, and you got to duke it out with, with your words and and the relationships right. you forge. Never usually see that. There's always a goat. So, I mean, the last time we saw two really strong players at the end was probably Ghost Island with. 
Yes, absolutely. With, uh, Dom and, uh, and, Wendell. and Wendell. Right. But So, on, on the players left in the game, I would like to take your list that you presented and go last to first. Yeah, well, because it's going to be pretty easy to do that. Um, we'll start with Ben. Ben gets a D. He's borderline F to me. He's, he's a zero social game. Quite annoying. Um, I, I want to say something positive about him. He's a good dad. I could tell from his family that was there. I can't give him much more than that. Yeah. Thank you played. for serving. Thank yes. you for serving. But just he gets a D because his game has been crap. You know, he talked, and, and I'm not trying to take a shot at him here, but he's, he's been talking about how he wants to leave the game a better person, and I just don't see it from him. He doesn't come off as a better person from what we saw day one to now. No. He's kind of been an a-hole. Right. Absolutely. Talk, it's not even just a you know, bad social game as far as uh, some of the moves that he's made, how he's basically on the bottom of his alliance, how he's been a puppet. He just hasn't been genuine with a lot of these people either. No, I still I still don't understand, and you're going to have to probably fill me in on that, but it was like I missed something between him and Jeremy, and I was like, I'm not talking to you, dude. I don't want to play with you. It's like, why? Why won't you even be civil to the man? It's like, okay, you guys have conflicting, you know, maybe your alliances aren't the same, but it's like, I just felt like that dismissiveness, mm-hmm. nobody else has played like that this year. And his dismissiveness to Jeremy was very disrespectful mm-hmm. in a game where they all had won. Yeah. Well, it, start, it started with the first vote, the first tribal of the season. Ben was almost kind of taunting, just staring at Jeremy the entire time when they voted out Natalie. And then Jeremy basically kind of gave him a little bit of a, his own medicine when they did that on the Sophie vote. And boy, he didn't like it at all. No, he didn't like it. He conditioned, but he certainly didn't like it. Right. And uh, that just, that was it for him. And, and you know what? It, it's going to screw him in the end because any chance, that, any sliver of a chance he had left in the game, he completely got rid of it by not even being open to working with Jeremy. And I felt that Jeremy could have helped him. Absolutely. Jeremy, well, Jeremy wasn't going to win this season. No. But, but if they got Tony out, even even now, if he kept him and they got rid of him, it was like that was, nobody's made that powerful move that you need to build a resume mm-hmm. uh, at all. So that leads us into Denise, which I know that you and I both have had our conversations about Denise and just some players that are not in the game as opposed to her still being in the game. I don't know what her deal was this year. I don't know if, you know, when she when she went there, if she had some other things going on. But it just, she had one move in a, in a cloud of dust. <laughs> D. Man, I don't even know if she's had a cloud of dust since then. I don't even think she's been good enough for that. She's getting a D minus, man. Okay. And for the same reasons that I've mentioned before, she had one move and that was it. And the move, I will still contend to this day. The move, sure, fantastic, sure. It's going to make every single YouTube compilation of great survivor moves. It's a savage move. You, you, you get rid of the queen because she won twice. But what did I say earlier about Sandra's gameplay? How she's always played in Survivor. It's always been about finding that one person you can trust the entire way, and then from there it's anybody but me. Right. And it's been a brilliant gameplay for her. Denise could have been that for Sandra. And what better shield besides Tony at that point in the game is there than a two-time winner? Right. Absolutely. Denise could have, yeah, could have went hand-in-hand with her. And just that was my shield all the way down. She had, she was on the bottom. Her one ally on that tribe was Jeremy. Right. (laughs) If she votes out Kim, she keeps Jeremy on her side. 
she has Sandra in her back pocket, and because of her relationship with Sandra, she's going to have a connection to Tony. Absolutely, which that just kind of like that whole that whole um, sequence that you just said kind of leads me into believing like how poorly she's played. Yeah, because it's like you you make the flashy move, and I will always this has always been my opinion: big moves in Survivor are overrated. That's my opinion because it's never been about what big move can you make. It's almost always about who has controlled the game. When you look at it at the end of the final three or final two, whatever it is. Which players had the most impact? If you take that player off of the season, they never showed up on the island. How different is the season? Mm -hmm. That's who deserves to win Survivor. Absolutely. You take Denise off of this season, Sandra might still be there. Nothing is different about this season at all. D minus. Okay. Michelle. Michelle. Uh, I'm giving her a C plus. Okay. She's likable. I love Michelle, and I feel she's almost kind of had the same thing with Kim, where she's just, poor thing's never had numbers on her side. She, she can't really do anything. She's just kind of, she's almost playing like Adam in the sense that she's just kind of surviving and surviving and surviving, and I really respect that because she just hasn't had any numbers on her side to make any moves that she wants to make. So I feel for her in that. You know, she just won a challenge. I, I genuinely like watching her play, but I can't really give her anything more than a C plus because there just hasn't been too much else there, and that's not her fault. Right. But I, I, you know, I, to me, you know, th- there are people in life that sometimes they do nothing on a group project and they get an A plus. To me, it feels like she's she's part of like a five person group. And nobody else is working on it. She's overwhelmed with work, and she gets a C plus because that's really all she can get. Right. <laughs> so it's like you're an A plus in my heart. You know, I, I love everything you're doing, but I can't give you more than than that. And I'm gonna okay. So her grade, I, I had told you that I didn't give anybody pluses or minuses, and for some reason I had given her a plus. Then I had changed it. Then I had to back it down. So she's a solid B. She was. To me, she is a B because she's still there. Mm-hmm. She's still standing without really having anybody to help her. And yeah. The few people that she's had to help her, they're all gone. She needed this last immunity desperately. Uh, I don't know how things play out further from here. I would assume that she'd probably be the next person out. But is she the biggest challenge to anybody else anybody else's game i mean does she right so i wouldn't say she's a goat at all because she hasn't played she, like one yeah, this year no for sure but when you're looking at and you're getting these numbers down she might not be the logical vote next time because, i don't think she will be the vo- logical you know, vote i think that it could be a potential ben blindside or it could just be trying to get someone who returns from the edge like natalie out of the game the problem is though is natalie has the idol so it's gonna be interesting to see what natalie does if she does play it who goes out from there? And another thing I can see with Michelle is she hasn't really had any allies. Michelle was close to Jeremy. Right. Natalie's close to Jeremy. I think Natalie, if she's the one who returns, but it seems like there's a 1,000% chance that she's going to be the one who returns. If it is Natalie, I think that's someone she should work with. Right. And, and hopefully we'll see that. You know, we don't unfortunately have a lot of time left because they decided to put too much into the last episode like they always do yeah survivor cbs please survivor cbs you're getting the c plus um sarah sarah let's spend the biggest time because you know you know how i feel about her she's 
all time. Well, real quick, let's just get this out of the way. Tony. Oh, Tony. I mean, Tony's an A, and it's like if you want to give an A plus, I gave like, him an A plus. I haven't been doing that, but he's he's played an A plus game. He's given us everything you want out of Survivor. He's given us the comic relief, the spy shacks, the, the climbing the trees <laughs> and the ladder that he had no business making. He oh, kind of yeah. broke his neck, kind of thing. He is he is everything you want from a Survivor player. And if he wins this, it is so well deserved because yeah. from start to finish, and he's a threat. And I just which leads me into Sarah. Okay, they, they obviously have a relationship that goes past this this season of Survivor. I get that. I get them wanting to be close. She should have been more livid with him about the blind side that they had mm-hmm. on Sophie. And it sure really made her question his motives. And, you know, I just feel that Sarah's getting a C because she wants to go to the end with Tony. And she's the only person that doesn't get the fact that she has no chance to beat Tony. Right. And, and I... I can't see anybody signing up for Survivor wanting to make it to the top three. If you make it to the top three and you get a vote or you don't get any votes, you can say, I, I played my best and that's what I got out of it. But going into this, every single one of them, it's for $2 million, Sarah. He is in the way. <laughs> and he's been in your way. And you choose not to get rid of him. So, I mean, really, technically, if you wanted to give her a D, I, you know, it's like, I can never give her a D because you know she is. This is her third time playing. Mm-hmm. As like I've adored her every single time. Again, she was somebody that uh, you know in our uh, pool. I still have her. She's my last person. I know she doesn't stand a chance to win this, but that's it. I mean, it's like yeah, I, I really like Sarah a lot. I gave her a C minus. The reason I'm giving her a C minus is because there's room for improvement. Um, I th- there could be a chance that her gameplay is just. She needs that big shield, and she's hoping at some point in time she can get rid of Tony. But to me, as far as the feeling goes right now, I would say that's not going to happen. No. And if she makes no move to get out Tony, then that's bad on her part. And I understand that she has a very close relationship with Tony. Um, Tony's a big part of how she won Game Changers. You know, she talked to Tony a ton of times after Kagayan about how to play Survivor and. He was a big reason that she was able to adjust her gameplay and win Game Changers. So they've remained close over the years, but I, I guess maybe she went off on Tony and said, you, you sunk my game, I'm screwed because of you, I'm not going to talk to you again if you sink my game. Maybe her intentions are, well, if I said that to him, I can't take him out. But, I mean, if this is a game for $2 million, I, I just don't understand why she's being so passive about it. Because I felt that she was incredibly aggressive when it was her and Sophie. Right. Absolutely. It almost felt like that. Like, like Sophie was definitely the number one player of the game. Sophie was fantastic. But it felt like there was a nice, almost 1A, 1B kind of dynamic. Whereas this is number one, number two. Absolutely. So, Sarah, you disappointed me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not great. Not great, you know. Expected a little bit more, but you know, you are in the final six, so absolutely. So this is uh, this leads us to the very last episode. We'll have a ton to talk about after these, uh, you know, potential of Natalie coming back, who wins, how they give the money out, Tony, him getting him having to download Venmo. That would be awesome if they was like, here's the Venmo. From CBS to Tony. So, 
Great episode. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Had a wonderful time doing it, as always. So thank you very much for your help. And thank you for listening. And, well, thank you for your help during this season. You know, the whole situation with coronavirus, having to come all the way back to Cleveland. I wanted to keep this podcast going. You've been a big help in that. So uh, major kudos going out to Mark on that. Thank you, Jared. Thank thank you, guys. thank you for listening.